Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice Uh, Usually it's, you know, how many games will the Pacers win this season? Uh, The truth is, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code READY25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using our promo code READY25, and it's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take that extra cash. for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists from Shea. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no! Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor Oladipo! Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside! And the foul! Lance Stevenson! Chance for a three-point play. He just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to episode 18 of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and sitting next to me, as always, Eric Hawk, Jake Light. Guys, very special Central Division preview episode today. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I've been staying up all night doing all this research, so I know everything about the Milwaukee Bucks now, and I'm ready to school you guys on knowledge. Um, I think uh, the Chicago Bulls um, have put me to sleep a couple times, just taking a look at what the, what their roster entails. Um, their over-under number is kind of low, but um, I'm alive and well trying to uh, decipher what to make of this porous roster. I think we feel a lot of that way with some of these teams in this division. But also sitting next to us, we have the intern. Intern, say hi. Hi, guys. And it's enough airtime for him today. Yeah, enough for him today. A very special guest. Guest, excuse me. We have a lifelong Detroit Pistons fan sitting with us today. One of our friends, Evan Schroeder. Evan, thank you for joining us today. It is an absolute pre- pleasure to be here. Appreciate it, guys. What are you most looking forward to today, your first time on the podcast? Most looking forward to the witty repartee between all of the hosts. Listen to the pod, several episodes. Um, love the Denary episode, so looking forward to uh, Is that to the only episode things. you've listened to? No, just my favorite. Okay. Great. What's your Thanks. least favorite? Least favorite? None of them. They're all great. Yeah, good answer. It's a great Thank answer. Um, so as mentioned, Central Division preview episode. We have all five teams in the Central Division today. We are going to go through them here at the beginning one by one. And we're going to just pretty much summarize what they did in the offseason, uh, give our thoughts on what they did, and then also a burning question at the end. You guys come up with your own burning question about this team going into the season. And then later on the episode, we're going to get into uh, predictions and then also discuss some of your feedback. So I'm going to hand it off to Jake right now. He is going to start off with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the Chicago Bulls are a pretty interesting team, honestly. Uh, full of young uh, guys that just haven't really proven anything but have a lot of potential. So uh, last year during the 2017-2018 season, they finished with a record of 27-55. and um, Obviously, you know, last in the division, 13th over on the East. Um, and... They lost some guys, but none of them were really that great, okay? They lost Jerry and Grant, Sean Kilpatrick, David Nwamba, uh, Noah Vonley, and Paul Zipser. Um, I don't think any of those guys are going to be playing, you know, on a championship roster. Um, mm-hmm. losing those names. Right. right. And uh, they were able to attain uh, Zach Levine, uh, Zach Levine, whatever you want to call him, four-year, $78 million contract. Jabari Parker, two-year, $40 million contract. And they were also able to get Antonio Blakeney. Um, and he was a real good player at LSU. So um, I really like what they were able to do in the draft as well. Wendell Carter is one of my uh, favorite players coming into the draft. Uh, the Duke people were talking very highly of him. Uh, some even believe that he's going to turn out better than Bagley. Um, Marvin Bagley, who was drafted number two overall by the uh, Sacramento Kings. So overall, I really like what they did. Um, just doing some research on them. I think they're going to have some problems getting... Um, all of these forwards on the floor at the same time. Um, that's going to be something to look at. Um, Chris Dunn, he's coming into, I believe, his third year in the NBA. It's time to figure out if he can play or not. Um, and Zach Levine, his, he's had some monster games, but he's kind of like a volume shooter at this point with a lot of athleticism. So I don't really know how that's going to work out. I don't really see a lot of shooting on this team. Uh, their projected starters, uh, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Justin Holiday, Laurie Markinen, and Robin Lopez. Um, that's kind of what we think is going to happen at the beginning. I think by the end, um, obviously Jabari Parker, as he gets more healthy, he's going to be, you know, 
jumping in there for minutes at the three, I guess. I could honestly see them putting Jabari at the four and then having Markkinen play the five. Yeah, see, I actually, from everything that I've read so far, they're really impressed with Wendell Carter. Um, and I actually think he could jump in at the five spot. I think in the dream scenario for the Chicago Bulls, I think you know they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot, I would say. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Vegas agrees. They're over-under 30 games. Uh, for this upcoming season. I actually think the best thing I could do is find a suitor for Robin Lopez. Um, Good just, luck. Yeah, I know, but create some playing time um, because I think the best five they have in terms of potential is probably Chris Dunn at the one, uh, Zach Levine at the two, and this is where it gets hairy because Parker's probably going to have to slide to the three, which I'm not sure he can defend. Markinen at the four, and Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. Um Denzel Valentine uh, off the bench. Uh, Cameron Payne has a little potential, and so does Bobo Bobby Portis. So um, I, I think that they have the ability to make some noise in the Central for games at a time, but I think they're still a ways off from actually competing. My one burning question for the Bulls is whether or not they can, you know, play all three of their big men prospects, Laurie Markinen, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., and uh, Jabari Parker at the same time because none of them are very great defensively, and Wendell Carter's not a you know a big center. So can they work out a roster in which all three of those guys are on the floor at the same time? That's my burning question. Fun fact about the Bulls, just real quick. Yeah. Fun unless you're a Bulls fan. Right. Jabari Parker and Zach Lafine both tore their ACLs four days apart. That is that is not fun for the Bulls fans. However, right. the good news is. They're one ACL tear away from like a top five pick again, so maybe that is kind of fun. It's fun, you know, during the summer. But yeah, I I do like I do like the accumulation of talent. Um, It's obvious they're just trying to get talented people. They're they're not getting big name free agents. They had to wait for Jabari Parker, um, who is a bigger name I think at this point than you know in terms of you know his name recognition than his actual skill. Uh, Zach Levine obviously has a ton of potential with his athleticism. They're just trying to get as much potential and skills possible and try to figure it out later and i'm not sure fred hoitberg's the coach for that to you know to happen under but you know what the hell let's let's take a shot on some of these young guys and see what happens Mm -hmm. all right that was the chicago bulls for you so now we're going to move on to evan putting them on the spot here with the detroit pistons detroit pistons first of all lifelong pistons fan do not judge me for that uh, pains and pleasures. Yeah, it must have been that. real hard for three NBA titles. It was enjoyable. Um, but diving into the Pistons here, looking at their record last year, 39-43, and 43, ninth in the East. I feel like when you think about the Pistons, they're a team that you seem like, man, I feel like they've come in ninth eight years in a row. And that's about, you're pretty much dead on there. Um, so ninth in the East, fourth in the division, uh, you look at what they lost this year, uh, Anthony Tolliver, Jameer Nelson, Kay Felder, James Ennis, a lot of those guys not key contributors. But then you think about the Blake Griffin trade that occurred kind of halfway through the year, also lost Tobias Harris, I would add, um, maybe in there as well. Um, didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, took Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Bowen in the se- or Bruce, sorry Bruce Brown. I said the, I did that when I was looking yeah, at that too. In the second round. Um, couple would you wing. rather have Bruce Bowen? Probably. Okay. couple wing 3 and D guys uh, in the second round to add kind of to the rotation there. Um, free agency picked up GR3, Glenn Robinson, 
Baby Dog, as he's known. Uh, a lot of you guys, I'm sure, familiar with him in his Pacer days. Jose Calderon as bench point guard depth because Reggie Jackson will probably go down at some point. And then uh, bench big and Zaza Pachulia. I guess that one. That's I guess that's the beginning of the season. Zaza would go to Detroit. Um, when you look at kind of their lineup going into the year, it uh, looks like it's going to be Reggie Jackson, Reggie Bullock, two Reggies. Uh, Stanley Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond in the starting lineup. And it's an interesting team um, and interesting pieces. So I was looking at them, and I like to try and come up with a random name for the teams. And for the Pistons, they are the puzzle because they have a lot of pieces, and you do not know how they're going to fit together, including the coach. So a big, big thing for the Pistons, I think, is Coach Dwayne Casey, new coach, um, and what he's going to bring to this team. Um, and give maybe a little fun and, and confidence back to the players. Um, so, like I said, Reggie Jackson, Bullock, Johnson, Griffin, and Drummond in the starting lineup. Then off the bench, you got Ish Smith, Luke Kennard, uh, Glenn Robinson the third, John Luer, Zaza, Jose Calderon, um, Langston Galloway, Bruce Brown Jr., Henry Ellenson, and Kyrie Thomas. Uh, so a lot of depth there. And I actually think the Pistons have an okay bench. Like I said, I think they are the puzzle. Because they have pieces. They have a point guard who can pick and roll. Um, they have a shooter in Reggie Bullock, um, a little underrated. It's taken him some time to come into his position. Um, some, some of the two most athletic big men around in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. But only the Lord knows how this team is going to fit together and what Dwayne Casey is going to do that offense. So I think that's the big question around the Pistons. Vegas says over under at 38. I like them for three wins above that, 41 and 41, if not up to 43. So I would go over there. Um, like I said, Dwayne Ooh, Casey, wow. first year. Yep, little Vegas, little Vegas tip for you. Uh, Dwayne Casey, first year head coach, taking over for Stan Van, RIP. Um, I, I think uh, the, the Pistons have a chance to take the Cavs spot in the playoffs this year. I'm not going to dive into predictions yet, but um, I like that. Uh, my one burning question for Detroit, is will Dwayne Casey win back-to-back Coach of the Year awards? That is the one burning question. Wow. The one thing I think is interesting about the Pistons, um, just taking a look, and I like to think that Vegas is a little bit smarter than me. I know that's kind of a crazy thing to think about oneself, you know. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, for the Bulls, I was taking a look at it. Their over-under is 30 wins this year, and they only won 27 last year. So to me, that says that Vegas thinks they've gotten better. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas for the Pistons... They won 39 games last year, and the over-unders at 38. So not saying they think they're you know incredibly worse, yep. but if you add Blake Griffin for a full season, you're getting Reggie Jackson healthy to yeah. start the season. And why is it lower? And here's the thing: this is gonna this is a cool stat too. Right. Reggie Jackson, 27 and 18 with him in the lineup last year. First wow. of all, and Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin played a total of 47 minutes together last year. That's it. So. And you had the coach of the year. Yeah, exactly. Well, and uh, I kind of dug into Dwayne Casey's principles a little bit. Loves spot-up shooting. Drives and kicks. Loves spot-up shooting. Pistons, even under Stan Van Gundy, were sixth in the NBA in spot-up shooting true percentage last year, according to NBA.com. So I like – I think his principles mesh, but I think they put him lower because when he took over – like the Raptors, their first year was rough. 
Hmm. But it takes him a little bit to get those principles installed. Um, so I think that's where that comes in. But I like him to be able to figure that out kind of quicker this time around. Oh, I agree. The Pacers are winning the East from what it sounds like for me. Um, possibly. Uh, all right. Well, for your own sanity, I hope you're right. They do improve. But it's uh, very I, optimistic. Look at, you only get that at the I distance. can't say I that don't I disagree. Had, it's I 41, and, 41 and 41 seems... Reasonable. I didn't have the it same. Does. I think that hope. We'll if Blake Griffin's way. healthy, that's hundred percent. Well, he's not gonna be for all yeah. the seasons. Oh, he'll eventually he'll be out for like ten games. Yeah, in a row. So. And what were you saying about Drummond shooting threes? You gotta yeah, say, you gotta tell us that on here. Andre Drummond read an article just yesterday, Detroit News, referencing that article. Drummond said he shoots a thousand three pointers for every practice. I'm sure those of you that follow have seen he's like Dwayne Casey says he's giving him the green light to shoot three pointers. Shoots a thousand three pointers every practice. Says he makes forty percent. That's unguarded three pointers. I don't know if somebody's gonna break it to him, but that's terrible. That's not good. I like, feel like I could shoot that. That's that's not good for an NBA player. So that is one thing to not be excited about. Yeah. It makes sense. All right, well, that wraps up the Detroit Pistons. And up next on the list, Hawk, take it with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, first with the Milwaukee Fear Bucks. Fear the deer. Fear the deer, 100%. you got to start with the new head coach, Mike Boldenholzer. Uh, he was the Spurs assistant for the Spurs dynasty, so he has some clout there. And then he was also the Atlanta head coach for a while. And I just read an article also, speaking of articles, that he's having everybody on the team shoot threes. No, it doesn't matter where. We're all chucking threes. So he's living and dying by it from what it sounds like. Um, with this team, you got to start with Giannis. I mean, you can make a case that Giannis could have won most improved player every year he's been in the league. He just increases everything he does. Um, you want to see him add a three-point game if you want to. He's like, I would already consider him like a top ten NBA player easily. But if he wants to get to that next step. He's got to maybe shoot that three for what he does. They, they drafted two years ago, they drafted DJ Wilson, a guy I kind of liked, and he hasn't really shown much. And then this year they drafted Dante DiVincenzo. I think that's a big question for them if they have any of these young guys step up and give them anything. I mean, this team took Boston to seven games in, in the – was it the first round of the yeah, Eastern Conference? Yeah, it was Conference? the first round. Yeah, so they're, they're competitive. I mean, Bledsoe gets there early in the year. He's traded there. Uh, he didn't really mesh well at the beginning, and you know, new coach, new system. You, you're hoping that these guys that you've had already can take another step, mesh well. I mean, they didn't really add anything, so that's what I'm. They're yeah, just building through the draft a little bit. They're hoping something hits, and then maybe, you know, they're going to try to sign. I don't. This is not a competitive Eastern Conference team, I don't think, but I think they can surprise people. And that that series with the Celtics last year showed it. And one guy I want to mention here, I, th- I think he's very underrated in the NBA, is Chris Middleton. I mean, this guy's going Free agent on next year. 27, and he shot 60% in that Boston series from three. And through the year, he was he, he didn't shoot the three as well, but, I mean, this guy got hot, and he was a complete difference maker. And if you have a guy like that next to Giannis, they can be just as good as these other teams. You know who doesn't have Giannis a guy like that? The Pacers. The Detroit Pistons, because they got rid of them. That's baby Durant. So I saw him coming out is. of Detroit, baby Durant. Let him go. That sucks. Yes. But I'm you not, got Luke Kennard. You definitely got Luke Kennard. <laughs> He's one of the guys on the Bucks, other than Giannis, I actually think is a good NBA player. I mean, you got you got all these question marks with the Bucks. Guys, that if they play to maybe what they could, this is a serious team. You got Thon Maker, 
Nobody knows his age. He's listed as 21, but I mean, I this guy could be 50. You just don't know, and he's not really making any gaps from year one to two. DJ Wilson the same way. And I don't like their bench. Yeah, their bench sucks. I mean, and I don't think – I think Bledsoe's very overrated from what I saw from last year. I had him on my fantasy team, uh, not to brag. Um, and then the Urson the contract as well, that sticks out to me. That's terrible. I agree it's terrible. I do think he's a good piece for their team, though. I do think he fits in well. Somebody really has to shoot other than Middleton. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. And if with Gian, with Giannis's flexibility, like defending, mm-hmm. yeah, I like Urson as a piece there. Contract not great. We'll Some see. guy, another we'll guy that in the mix, Malcolm Brogdon. He only played about half the year last year, but the year before he did win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, well, I'll never understand that. Class, yeah. And then last year, I mean, his stats were a little improved, and he's he was averaging like 13 a game. So, I mean, he's another piece. I just think this Bucks team reminds me of the Pacers maybe like last year or the year before. And I think Giannis is like the opposite of Victor. You know what? He's going to be that all-star. You just maybe want to surprise some people. I think they need another piece to be legit. And thankfully they don't have that piece because I'm a Pacers fan. So what am I even saying? You got me thinking I'm a Bucks fan all of a sudden. But last year they were 44-38. and 38. I, their over-under this year is 47 and a half. So obviously they thought they there was improvement. They think they're better, but I don't really see it. I don't they like it. I don't anything. like it. I mean, people are high on them, and I just, I don't like it. The thing it's, is, I'm not there's a lot of question many. marks. Like, And then you got guys that Tony Snell, Shabazz Muhammad, Brooke Lopez, John Henson, these, Della Dova, they added Connington. Like, that is a trash-ass team right there, in my opinion. So, I mean, they got four to five guys that I like and they could be good like I've really said. what happened is they got a good coach they they got rid of a kid they replaced him with a good coach and they who, re- was the, who was Brooke the interim Lopez. coach who was the interim coach I, I forget that guy's name, name. He, the most forgettable name of all yeah, time. He, that's why you can't remember but that. I mean dude I give him credit they took Boston to seven games I think that's that stand, that's the only reason I think they could be the second best team in this division I, I, I don't see Detroit I don't see Bulls being the second best team in the division uh, I don't know, Pistons, I mean, I just said them. I don't, what do you think? Do you think they're the second best team in this division? Yes. Yeah, and I think they have the best player in the division. That's why. It speaks for itself. I think they improve by maintaining their core parts, too. Like, yeah, so at the in the East at this point, that almost helps you improve. It so does, just, but they're an injury away I mean, from being, like, not even making the playoffs, in my opinion. If Middleton goes down or if Giannis goes down, they're going to get the number one pick. This sounds, like, harsh, but I – and I, we said this before on the podcast. I hate adding, like, good players from really crappy teams because if they were actually good players, their teams wouldn't be so crappy. Eric Bledsoe has never really played for a winner. When he was asked to do anything – in Phoenix, they—I they, mean—they've been bad for like five or six years. Every year that he's been there, Brooke Lopez, same way. He played for the Nets, and the Nets said, "You know what? We suck, but we don't want you." Yeah. Pretty rough. Another Look fun it. fact: Brooke Lopez, Nets all-time leading scorer. Whoa! Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, he played from for a while. And that's all you need to know. He, they were willing—they were willing to send him to LA, and LA was like, "You know what? How no, we don't need there? you." No clue. It's pretty he had Dallas and Phoenix for several years, so that probably is why. Fun I... fact about the Bucks: they've had the 17th pick two years in a row. So I'm looking for him to get uh, the third Here's year. my question, Bucks. Think of, think of besides Giannis, another small forward in the Eastern Conference that comes to your mind right off the bat, like top small forward, because I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of it. LeBron James. For Eastern who? Conference. Eastern Conference? <laughs> yes. Um, Intern, you got somebody off the top of your head? Uh, Leonard? 
I mean, the Ooh, that's, oh, that's fair. Kawhi. Put Kawhi on Brown. Put, okay, Jaylen who do you think's better, yeah. Kawhi or Giannis? Hayward. Kawhi. Okay, I think Kawhi is better too. So that's not really a good. One. I want it, like someone a step down. You know what? No, I Giannis. will take it. I'll take it a step further though. Would you rather have like right now for the rest of their? I'm careers, not asking Kawhi that. or Giannis. I just want to know. I don't think it's close. Yeah, Giannis. Because okay, done. All right, good. I, I he's at, he's the thing with Giannis is his points per game have just skyrocketed every year. It's like plus four, like, and he hasn't slowed down at all. And, I don't know. I just think he's trained with Kobe this offseason. I mean, I mean that I, means something. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I've never been a Kobe guy. So but he said put, he got to the Kobe Bryant workout three hours early. Yeah, I saw that. So Giannis is ready Ooh, to go. I'm out let's of box. Put, let's put Gordon Hayward in place of Giannis on this team. Otto Porter. I put. I don't know. Let Gordon Hayward. Let's okay. put him in place of Giannis on this team. How do you think that would affect it? Taking Giannis off the Bucks and replacing him with Gordon Hayward. That roster, looking at it right now. Do you still think they would be decent? They would be killer. From they would make the playoffs like, still. Make, I really do. The thing is, you take Giannis defensive and, flexibility yeah, would be out the window, though. I would the say they're like an eight. Ever. Well, here's yeah. my here's my thing. They're Obviously, legit the weirdest team. Ever. Take out Cleveland. Um, so if you take out Cleveland, that means they would have been the sixth seed last year with Giannis. If you take Giannis out. And put in Gordon Hayward. Do they drop out of the playoffs? Drop a couple seeds? Like, what do you think? Is this post injury? Because I mean, we still don't even know. Like, take the injury out of the equation. Take the injury out of it. I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Honestly, I think eight seed at best. Yeah. Are I, they better than the Pistons? I, I think, I think Giannis it. is just such a freak, and like, he's just what he does in the game is just stupid. Like, yeah. And if he develops that three pointer, it's over. His hands. Yeah. My God. Some girl is unhappy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm going to now dive into... We'll cut that. No, we'll keep it in there. <laughs> I'm going to dive into the Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, who I think, I, I think we can all agree right now without, you know, we've got predictions, but they definitely had the worst seat, uh, worst offseason, not only in the division, but in the entire NBA. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. So, biggest news, we all know about it. They lost... Their best player, the guy who took them to, what was it, four straight finals appearances, I think? Yeah. LeBron James bolts them, goes out to L.A. Um, and they really didn't do much. So just think of it this way. You traded LeBron James. They didn't trade him, but let's just say they did. They traded LeBron James for Channing Frye, David Nwaba, Isaiah Taylor, and Kobe Simmons. Do you guys think that's a fair trade? I don't even know anybody who just said. <laughs> so they got Channing Fry back. He used to be on the roster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that. Yeah, that was their biggest signing. And then the guy from the Bulls in Waba, they got him. I think that's how you say his last name. The I'm guy not really from sure. the Bulls. <laughs> the guy the oh. Bulls deemed uh, not good enough to play on their team. Yeah, and let's also throw in Sam Decker. They got him via trade. He's been traded like five times. So they've definitely had the worst offseason. And not only that, but their offseason, worst offseason started at the uh, trade deadline last year when LeBron James, who was the GM of the Cavs at this time, traded away pretty much everything <laughs> to free up the cap, cap space for the Lakers, brought in Clarkson, brought in Larry Nance Jr., brought in George Hill's contract, and then on top of that, they're paying J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson. Oh, yeah, and they just signed Kevin Love to a four-year, $120 million contract. This team has below... I mean, they're not going to be complete crap, but this has... Below average written on it for years. Absolute years. I don't know why they would sign Kevin Love to that contract. You have to rebuild. You have to rebuild. Cleveland, they want to be average. That's fine. They want to go into Detroit. 
purgatory right now and you know be that ninth or tenth seed and good for him i guess but uh it just makes no sense to me um obviously draft pick wise they brought in colin sexton point guard out of out of alabama i think they got him there with the eighth pick i think uh based on their projected starters right now they have george hill and jr smith in the backcourt i think sexton will be there at some point in the season starting there's no really no reason to keep George Hill and J.R. Smith starting. You got to let the rookie go out there and start some games this year, get him some further experience. Uh, and then they got Corver, Larry Nance Jr., and Kevin Love. So, what do you guys think about that starting five? I think LeBron may have actually been a genius GM move in knowing For that himself. he was going to the Lakers, just tore down an entire team. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was just by happenstance that he yeah. did that deal with the Lakers. The starting lineup was so bad. Yeah, uh, some other... trying to be optimistic about it. Yeah. And there's nothing. You're like you're just going to get bogged down with your just shitty. Chris, play. what is their over under wins for this year? Thirty point five, and I think that's, I think that's pretty good. This is going to be an unpopular take. I, I like them for well over that. You do? I do. I see them winning like 35. Because they have so many veterans yeah, and I mean, players. What, I'm just, not trying to say this is a good team here, but... They're just completely average. That's what they've built. They can, win. What, they can easily so win 30 games. Like, just, I just think they're just completely average. Well, Kevin Love's going to get hurt at some point. Yeah, either we that know or he's going to win MVP. Like it's, it's he's going to get hurt. I, yeah, I'm hoping we do see, you know, a pre-Cleveland Dude, Kevin Love. T-Wolf Love. T-Wolf Love. Yeah. Yeah. Puts up a 30-30 on opening night. That'd be night. fun. You're yeah. going to laugh, yeah. but I like the Chetty Osmond guy, too. No, I mean, I, he I, has a, he's a I was going to say I want to hear more about Chetty I, I, I Actually, I'm telling you right now, I think that he will be in the starting five. Game one. I'm going to call it. That's my bold prediction for this team. Wow. Who's he um, taking? What spots he taking? Corver? Yeah, Corver. I mean, bring some shooting off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, they have a better bench than freaking Milwaukee. Jesus. Well, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Um, Their yeah, entire team is bench. True. That bench, uh, as you just mentioned, also on it, players we haven't named yet, uh, Clarkson, Rodney Hood, who had to settle for that one-year $3.4 million qualifying offer. He went into restricted free agency this year thinking he was going to get paid. You know, the guy that refused to go in garbage time realized, yeah. you know, I just wasn't very good last year. Jake's very high on that guy for some reason. I don't know why. The dude can shoot. That's literally it. I think, like in the NBA, I think that goal, the goal is you want to throw the orange thing through the hoop, and he can do that pretty well sometimes. So I think uh, Yeah, one good. out of every ten games, he's pretty good at that. Uh, Sam Decker, Tristan Thompson, other guys we had mentioned earlier. So that's primarily the bench. Ty Lue, head coach. We're going to actually see how good of a head coach he is this year. This is going to be the first, pretty much yeah. his first year of head coaching. I can't Absolutely. wait to see his dumb face <laughs> on the sideline. Dude, that's just going to be all. When they're, they're like down my 10 favorite, in the fourth and it's just dumb My face. favorite meme oh is the God, dumb face awesome. where it says, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's just great. What is their offense going to look like? I don't know. That's, it's going to look you're, like. You're getting a step ahead of me there. You're yeah. gonna, don't, don't I literally that. have no idea. Wait, speaking of, did Hawk ever ask his burning question? No, I didn't. I remember that when you started talking. I yeah. just completely spaced that. We'll, we'll come back to it. Okay, we'll go back to that. Um, so, yeah, Ty Lue, first year as being the head coach. We'll see how actually he performs without LeBron there. Um, but as I mentioned, below average team, I could see him getting over 30.5. I could also see them going under if, you know, Love gets hurt. But not expecting too much of them. I think they'll just be a team that you go into on a random Tuesday night. They have... 5,000 fans in the crowd, and, you know, they just are making every shot and beat you by 30. I Trist- can see that happening. Tristan Thompson says the path of the East goes through them. Yeah, he was... Do you believe him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence, but I don't believe him. Um, so, pretty much to wrap up, my burning question for them, though, 
for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who is going to generate the offense for a team who heavily relied on two guys in the past, Kyrie and LeBron? What do you guys think? I mean, you're hoping it's Sexton. You're hoping Sexton can come in and just be a traditional point. I watched George I Hill. Know. I watched George Hill's point guard for years with the yeah, Pacers. It's not George Hill. He's not generating <laughs> offense. George Hill's um, not going to do that. J.R. Smith's not generating offense unless it's for the other Oliver's team. Oliver's definitely not. Clarkson's not a true point guard Ooh. either. No, I wonder who like, it could be. It's got to be Sexton. Could be Sam Decker's going to come in. And could just, be. Just could be somebody stuff. else that can uh, who you know got better at scoring. You know, Ronnie Hood's not good. It's All not right, good. no, no. Let me just hear me out. I got some stats to back this up oh, here. No. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah, okay, so he's been in the NBA for four years. 8.7 points his first year. Playing on a very bad Utah team, we can agree. So he should be getting points, right? Okay, so 14.5 year two, 12.7 year three, 14.7, okay, year four. And during that time, he also was averaging 17 points a game before he was traded and sent to the purgatory that was the Cavs bench. I'm just saying the guy can score. I don't ever remember him scoring like six points in that play. He probably six watched six him one random game on ESPN, and he made every shot one time. And are you? I actually got to watch him quite a bit because I used to like watching Gordon Hayward. Are you a Duke guy? Just I, answer that question. Absolutely not. Okay. But I do like Wendell Carter. I know. I'm sorry. I guess I just he's he's we'll average. Time he's average okay. 17 points a game. So offensively, I don't know. if he does that, that would be huge. Offensively, they're just they have nobody. They, oh, they suck. They got a lot of I'm guys who want saying, to shoot. Man. On a good team, Ronnie Hood doesn't score 17. I think points. you don't know what they are. Yeah, it's too early. If Sexton's a good above average point guard, does that change your outlook at all? If he can distribute, get Corver open, Kevin Love's their ceiling. He's going to come off ceiling, the bench for the first half of the year. Their ceiling with Maybe. him is eight seed. If I'm Ty Lue, there's I, no I, way I'm starting the year with Jeff. Their ceiling is the eight seed. Bottom out is one of the worst two teams in the East. Yeah. How do you bottom out this team? Because that's probably what I'm trying to do. I, think I would you're try guaranteed to middle of the. Pack. If you're trying to bottom out, you don't sign Kevin Love to an extension like that. No, I'm saying, but if I'm the guy, I mean, I'm looking at Kevin Love. Is Kevin Love ever going to be the best player on a championship team? I think the answer is hell no. Okay, so if it's hell no, what are you doing? I You're just know. trying to they, stay they, above. And of the players they have, they can't trade them. Who's going to trade for George Hill unless you attach like a pick? Like they would have to attach a first round pick, and they're not doing that. Like he's got another two years, I think, on his deal. Jr. Smith's got. Oh, it's bad. Contract. It's bad. You're probably going to have to trade like picks to get Did out Colin of it. Colin Sexton shoot at all? He I, he's more of a slasher. He can shoot a little bit, but at Alabama, I was super impressed with the way he like was you know just getting to the rim, and he's just kind of got a mean like savage like attitude. Like I really like it. He's got some dog in him. I think he's going to need the mental. Like he's going to need the first half of the year to pick up the playbook, whatever playbook. Perfect that is. George Hill opportunity though. Really, George Hill would be great at that. I'm serious. Like coach him along, you know. Yeah. Teach him how to miss a free one out of two free throws in clutch situations, just like he always did for the Pacers, and we'll be good. I think we're on board with the Cavs. All right, that will wrap up the Cavaliers. Oh, I'm going to do my burning question. Oh, Milwaukee Bucks burning question. <laughs> how old is Thon Maker? That's my burning question. <laughs> right. My actual one is Dante Divincenzo good because I kind of wanted the Pacers to draft him, so I kind of want to know if he's good. All right, that's it. Well, that will wrap up that burning question and the Cavaliers. Next up, we're not going to spend too much time on this because we literally talk about it every episode, uh, but they are in the Central Division. They are our team, so we got to pretty much hit on it real quick for those of you who are just now listening to the podcast or, you know, you just became a Pacers fan in the last week. This offseason, uh, they went into it with uh, just a few free agents. They had some player or team options, excuse me. They ended up signing Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott, Kyle O'Quinn, 
Uh, draft picks-wise, brought in Aaron Holiday and Alizé Johnson. Uh, players that the Pacers lost from last year's team, most notably, you got, I mean, you got Lance Stevenson, obviously, name, podcast is named after Lance. Uh, more of a, you know, not a, I don't think, big team impact there, but more of a, you know, fan-wise, it's very depressing. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Getting choked up. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn Robinson the third. he had some flashes of potential. I don't, I mean, Detroit, you can be happy about him, but he's at, at best, he's, you know, a 10-point player. And then Al Jefferson, Trevor Booker, Poitras, and Joe Young, who see ya. Um, I did like Trevor Booker, though. Um, Pacers last year won 48 games. Their over-under for this year right now is at 48. So it's right, hovering right around that number. I expect them to be around that, possibly a couple games maybe lower, possibly higher. Um, I think that's a good that's good point for them. It, it goes mostly – It was and also a stat I saw was – that they had so many games where they came back from back from ten points, and then also they were two and zero against like the Warriors, and then a couple other really good teams. Like that's not going to happen again. You never know. We could go undefeated against the Warriors. I, I hope so, ahead. but I'm not going to bank on it. But then you also have these other teams. Like I mean, but we did go three one against Cleveland, but other teams who have you know went down. It works. It's, it works both ways. So um, I think that's a very reasonable number. Um, we talk about it every day, so we're not going to dive into what we think. We've already given our thoughts on that, but that's the Pacers for you. And that will wrap up this part of the podcast where we discuss these teams, what they did this offseason. And next we're going to move into our predictions, uh, give you some predictions on the players in the division, uh, best offseason, things like that. So we will wrap this up, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and now we have fan feedback predictions before we get into our actual predictions. So I'm going to read some of the stuff that you guys sent to us on Twitter. This is just random stuff about the Central Division teams, and then also some of your predictions. So let's start off with first an actual absolute favorite of the podcast, at Donald Stump with two Ps. The Pacers will finish first in the division. Don't care about anyone else because they don't matter. Hell yeah. Pacers win Eastern Conference. What do you guys think? I love Donald Stump, baby. I love it. <laughs> Screw everyone else. Uh, Donald Stump, two-piece. At Indiana Pavers. So That's interesting. The C is a V. says, I think the Pacers will rank first in both smothered chickens and pave shots. What is a pave shot? <laughs> I don't know. Is that like shots hope, on the pavement outside? Or I hope, rain I hope, I hope I he listens so he can both of those, can, those are a good possibility. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then at TD Matt FTW. So touchdown Matt for the win, I guess. Is that what that is? Yes. Pacers win division by three games over Milwaukee. Detroit and Cleveland are both better than expected. Ooh. So very optimistic guy right there. You get this guy Matt the for the win. Smart guy. Um, and then to wrap up, pretty much your guys' predictions. I'm not going to read all your tweets, but I will give you guys a shout out. At well, not at, but L Duderino, who you know we always mention him here a lot. He always res- actually responds to our stuff. Nick Stidham. I hope that's how you Stidham. 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 How do you do? You know who that is? Because Jared Stidham is like one of the best. Quarterbacks in the okay, SEC. whatever. At J Rowell eighty six, Bob Scott eight one six, Bailey with two Y's and the L is a number one. At Dewan eight underscore, absolute fan favorite, and also the uh, chief marketing guy for the podcast. Petrovic seventy six, Boilers three two one two, John underscore 
Hetty and DC Tippy. I smell like I just spent five minutes reading those freaking names. These are definitely all Twitter eggs. Yes. <laughs> um, Twitter names out of context. Yeah. It's so hilarious. Yeah. So. Uh, your guys' predictions for best players, they pretty much uh, varied. It was between Giannis and Vic. Um, that's what I would say. Definitely, I would think two of the best players in the division for sure. Coach-wise, uh, there was only three people that were selected. Nate, Budenholzer, and Casey, once again, uh, I think that's great because the other two, uh, uh, Bulls, Fred Hoiberg and uh, what's-his-nuts, Ty Lue. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, Ty Lue. I definitely don't think they're in the conversation, even though Lue does have a, uh, a title that was really LeBron as a coach. And uh, a lot of you guys say Pacers and Bucks had the best offseason and have the best chance at a deep playoff run. So I agree with a lot of your stuff, and obviously I'm biased that most of you pick Pacers answers because I'm a Pacers fan. So thank you for participating in that. And we will move on to now our predictions now. You guys will see if uh, most of our guys on here agree with you. Um, so we're going to just start off best players in the division. And I'm going to give you – so we talked about this a little bit before we did this – um, I'm going to give you a player from each team in the division, and you guys rank them real quick. I don't want an explanation. Kevin Love shot whatever, whatever from mid-range. Just give me the best players in your rankings real quick, quick hitters. Uh, for the Pacers, we selected Oladipo, obviously. For the Bucks, Giannis. Pistons was a toss-up, but we ended up selecting Drummond. For the Cavs, we have Kevin Love and Zach Levine for the Chicago Bulls. So, Hawk, I'm going to have you start it off. I'm gonna, you just want me to rank these guys? Rank those guys. All right. Vic 1, Giannis Ooh. 2, and then I don't even remember Ooh. the other guys. Let me look at this list here because I already forgot. And then we got... Love, Drummond, Yeah, Levine. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Drummond and then Love just because I don't expect Love to have a throwback here. And then just the Bulls roster is just kind of one player in my <laughs> opinion, so... The, the Bulls have the least talented. And the Bulls player. was tough because I didn't want to pick Levine, but it was just like, who else am I going to pick? Him Barton, Barton, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, they're definitely, I think we can all agree, have don't have the best player. So my, my ranking has Drummond the third best, just because I know I'm going to be the only one that does that, probably. And my ranking is Giannis 1, Oladipo 2, Love 3, Drummond 4, Levine 5. Uh, my players uh, in order, Giannis 1, Vic 2, Drummond 3 over Ooh. Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love 4, Zach Levine, a distant, distant You had place. Vic 1 or 2? I had, I had Vic 2. Okay. Um, I agree with both both ways you guys did that. Um, if Love has a you know Minnesota year, he's definitely number 3. Yeah. If not, Drummond's ahead of him. So that's really a toss-up there, too. You don't, nobody thinks Vic could be better than Giannis? Uh, I like the take. Let's take. I think he could if he keeps working at it, but there's just so much unknown still. (laughs) (laughs) No, I gotta keep working at this basketball. Honestly, the biggest thing. I mean, he puts in a lot of work. Yeah, I'm not saying Vic is not talented at all. Obviously, my God, but like Giannis just has that like freakish alien. Like most people, most sane people would have Giannis. Yeah, it's just tough. I'm not saying so. There's so much unknown with him too. It's just like you've seen what he's done in five years and. Five six years whatever it's been, and then you're just like, is only twenty three. So yeah, like, that's scary. I mean, you just feel like his wings, like his wingspan, could you know go another feet by next year. Like he's just <laughs> he's that type of player. You just never know, and he can literally play any position, guard any position. 
Um, he can handle the ball, so I would still put him. I mean, I'm not going to be pissed if that's my best player, either of those guys, obviously. Yeah. But um, So he's three years younger than Victor Oladipo. Yeah. That's three crazy years ago, about. Victor Oladipo. And they were in the same draft class. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's um, crazy. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Next up on the list, player you are most looking forward to watching this season in the division. So not in the NBA, in the division. Player in the division I'm most looking for. Me personally, it's probably Tyreek Evans just because I'm a Pacers fan. If I had to go outside, it would probably be just Giannis because he's so fun to mm. watch. So that's me personally. And What do you think? Pass it along. Hard not to say Giannis. I mean, he's number one. But my little underrated player is Colin Sexton. I think he's – I know yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you definitely, mentioned he would definitely huge linchpin. It's going to be interesting to watch his development as the year goes on. I think he's a key piece for the Cavs. Yeah, I'd call him Sexton number two. Uh, my number one, uh, by far, I've, Giannis, he's, this guy's not one yeah. of the best players here, but Wendell Carter, I, I love him. Um, I've eat, eaten up this hype. Um, he averaged 13.5 points a game uh, and almost 10 rebounds. I just think he's got a ton of potential on a team that's not going to be very good, and I think they're going to play him heavily. I just want to see what he can do. I think he's going to be one of those big athletic guys that could make some noise. So I got one for you. J.R. Smith. <laughs> that's a great. That's great. That's awesome. He's going to be chucking shots. But he's, all he's the kind of guy. Every other game you watch a J.R. Smith, he's going to be terrible. One so game he's going to score forty. The next game he'll have zero and play like five minutes because yeah. he got in foul trouble or something like. Or he like just went zero for forty from the field. Yeah. That's just the way he plays. I don't like J.R. Smith, but I am very interested to see how many shots he chucks up this season. Yeah, I picked Evans just because I think we've always lacked that second unit slasher. He's like a mini. He's going to be like our Victor Oladipo less. You know what I'm saying? I almost said Dougie McBuckets. See, any... Any All the guys player. from the Pacers I want to watch more than any other player. Uh, exactly. But, well, yeah. yeah. If I'm not picking Pacers, I'm trying not to be biased. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't care about being biased. Next up, which team has the best coach? I think we can all agree this is one of the most difficult ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I guess I'm going again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Nate. I'll let that Pacers bias throw sh- show through and through. I mean, it's either him or, I don't know, Ty Lue. I mean, but, but, I mean who, Bud, I... It's, it's Nate McMillan for me. Best coach. I'm going with, not a homer pick, Dwayne Casey. Reigning NBA Coach of the Year. Done tremendous things with Toronto. Turned him around. Guided the ship from the bottom towards the top. Right. So I'm going with Casey in a close one over Buds and Nate McMillan. Okay. I was going to go Casey, but something Evan said earlier about Casey like taking a year when he first got to Toronto, I, you know, that, that's some good insight. So I actually went to Amy McMillan, um, who we actually talked to one of our guests. I can't remember off the top of my head. This is really bad. Actually, it was definitely Eddie White, and he had mentioned that Nate McMillan was really good, um, right, with free agents. <laughs> he was that right? really good. <laughs> what? That was just funny. He was really. <laughs> I thought that's all you were gonna say. <laughs> he was like really. He was great that one year in Seattle where they brought in yeah, all of those yeah. free agents, and so now I'm gonna try to look smart and say Nate McMillan is gonna be the better coach. Hopefully, so, yeah. and he's a really, really good. So I mean, from what Nate showed me last year, I think he could yeah. be easily the best coach. It's definitely we'll between those three guys. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one, gun to my head, I don't want to pick one because I think it's a toss up. Um, Tyloo. I'll let my my bias come in and I'll pick Nate McMillan. Even though sometimes I want to 
Worst coach in the division. Go through the TV and worst coach in the division. It's, it's got to be Hoiberg. It's probably Hoiberg. Can't be Lou is TBD. He's never coached. Yeah, we yeah we don't know yet. He could be like the next like could be good. He could be the next John Wooden. Although his faces are really stupid. All right, so wrapping that up. Next, we are going to which team had the best off season? Mm. I think the Pacer bias is going to run deep in you on this one too. It's definitely not the Bucks. I'll tell you that. Or the Cavs. It's not the Cavs. You lost the best player. Uh, it's it's Pacers one for sure. I mean, they just they went. I wouldn't say they went all in, but they went they went in. They went in this off season. I think they drafted well, which I always mention should should count for something in this discussion as well, off season wise. And I think the Bulls are right there too. I mean, they added two guys that are more of a risk, and I think they drafted well as well. So the Pacers won for me. I'm going with Pacers by quite a bit, and then Pistons, Bulls, pretty close to even, then Bucks, and that's it. Going Pacers by a lot. Um, I think everyone's on the same page there. I would then say I think I would edge the Bulls over the Pistons just for the simple fact that. I again, I keep saying his name, but I really like the Wendell Carter signing or the Wendell Carter pick. Um, and I actually think Jabari has a little bit left in the tank. Obviously, Levine is a guy who could be solid as well. He's got a lot of potential. Um, Detroit, I, I think the biggest acquisition they made was Casey. Gr three will be okay. Um, more than anything, I think their big deal was the Blake Griffin deal in season, so I kind of count that as well. So um, past that, not really impressed with anything else. Yeah, I'm not even. I mean, you guys pretty much just the nail on the head. I'm not going to reiterate what three of you just said. So I agree. Okay. Um, next, so this one I feel like is just between three teams in the division because I think we're more high on the Bucks and the Pacers than most, but maybe I'm wrong. So, which team is your dark horse pick to make a splash? So, let's say a team that could sneak in there, get a lower end seed, and, you know, make a splash in the playoffs. Not go deep, but, you know, not just be a pushover. This is tough. It is hard. It is. I was going to pick the Pacers until you said that. Because, I mean, I still think they're going to be like a four seed, and if they make it to these conference finals, I consider that like a splash. But maybe not. Maybe not. So, I can't pick the Pacers. I'm going to pick... The Cavs, just because we don't know, and I'm going, I'm going crazy here. If Colin Sexton is an able-bodied point guard that's decent, you love yourself some veteran leadership, and, and then George Hill right behind him. I think J.R. Smith, perfect veteran. They're leader. not going to lose more than 25 games. Like I, I think, if they win 15 more, you just never know. And they're going to be dog, tra- they're going to be dog shit. But I mean, I don't, I don't. At the same time, I could see a scenario where the veterans. Hold Maybe on. Eight seed or something stupid. They're definitely going to lose more than 25 I games. think he means 25, 25 like, games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, 25 less wins than they had last year. That's what I thought at first, too. And I'm like looking at them like craziness. But, yeah. <laughs> they're going to win more. Tw- they're going to lose more. I got you. Yeah. One, the biggest shift in wins from one year to the next, the biggest drop-off the last time, the biggest drop-off ever wins from one year to the next was the 2010 Cleveland Cavaliers when they lost LeBron James. Yes. That being said, dark horse Cleveland Cavaliers, you're a smart man, Hawk. They don't. You don't know what to expect. That's I don't. Why can, that's why it's I a like, solid dark horse. I like the veterans. I know they're not a great team. I think they have a small margin where they can finish. They could finish 10th in the East or 7th, up to 7th. I think that's it, but I think that they're with their veteran leadership, maybe some development, they could – 
I don't think there's a, a lot of other teams in here that can make a dark horse. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a dark horse. So I'm going with Cavs. Just let Roddy Hood shoot. You'll be all right. Uh, I'm just kidding. But um, seriously, my dark horse uh, on a on a night on a nightly basis, I think the Bulls could make a splash and beat teams they shouldn't. They cannot make any sort of run in the playoffs. They can do nothing of that. But I think their you know their youth and athleticism will give teams fits, especially maybe like on the second night of a back to back or something. So I really like the Bulls. Um, I see what you're doing with the Cavs, but I, I think my actual pick would be Detroit um, just because I think Blake Griffin and Andre, Andre Drummond have an interesting dynamic. Obviously, Drummond, uh, well, he was around the rim a lot. Now, apparently, he can shoot threes. Um, to, That's much debatable. To the, much to the chagrin of uh, Piston fans. Um, but I actually like Blake Griffin a lot. Um, and like you said last year, you gave the crazy stat with Reggie Jackson in the lineup. Obviously, they were much better as well. So I think in this very weak Eastern Conference – the Detroit Pistons. I mean, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, those are two solid players. Like, not a lot of teams in the East have more than two really good players. The puzzle. The puzzle, exactly. So I'll go Dark Horse Pistons. <laughs> Detroit puzzles. Detroit solid. puzzles. All right, last question. This isn't really a prediction question. I'm just asking you guys a question here. Wouldn't you love to be in the Southeast Division? Do you guys know what teams are in the Southeast Division? Do you know, okay, first off, who won the Southeast Division last year? Is that the one that Miami's in? Yeah. Did they win it? They did. And okay. what seat? They were the sixth, I think yeah. the sixth seat. So these are the teams that are in the Southeast Division. They got D Wade. Magic. Miami, Washington, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Charlotte, Maybe. Orlando, and Atlanta. How bad is that division? <laughs> That's Who's winning that division? That's I right. think Miami. Well, Miami just traded for Jimmy Butler. We actually don't know that. We're just I'm just projecting that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. That's a pretty shitty division. Even if Jimmy Butler's in that division, that's still terrible. Like Charlotte's not going to be good. Orlando sucks, and Atlanta's going to be god awful. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, I, would be, I, I don't I think mean, our fantastic. division's world beaters either. Uh, I think, but vastly way, better. Vastly better. <laughs> yeah, so that's geez. what's crazy about these. You got and yeah, if you look at the, the then you have the Atlantic division, who has Boston, Philly, and Toronto. So that's yeah. a pretty tough division yeah. to be in if you're in the Eastern Conference. So that will wrap up. Too. Yeah, the Nets. <laughs> that will wrap up our prediction section. What coming up next? We are going to rank our predictions for how the division will play out this season. Freezing cold takes. Take it to the bank. Make sure you're listening. All right, guys. The moment you have all been waiting for. Drum roll, please. Can I get a drum roll? Division ranking predictions. We are going to go through one by one with each person, not literally just one person, then move to the next one with a team. Each person is going to list off their whole rankings, and then we're going to move on to the next one. So one by one, I want you to give me the rankings for how you think the Central Division will go this year. I want you to tell me why, and then I want to make sure, obviously we're getting this recorded, so Freezing Cold Takes can hopefully retweet this in April when we're all wrong. Yeah. So you want me to go first? Oh, I'm looking at you. Okay. Eric Hawks, prediction for this division. Central Division? I got Pacers, number one. I got Bucks, number two. I got Cavs, three. My dark horse. Pistons, and then the Bulls in last. And I I will take that to the bank. You can take that to Vegas and put a million dollars on it right now. All right. Why, why did you choose that ranking? Why did you pick the Cavs third? Just from what I said earlier about if Sexton's an able body point guard, 
and you got the depth there at point guard. You got the you got George Hill telling him what to do, and then you got Kevin Love if he has a throwback year. Blah blah blah. Uh, so. How many times has able-bodied Sexton <laughs> been mentioned this podcast? <laughs> All right, Evan, I'll let you go. All right, I it pains me to do this as a lifelong Piston fan, but I'm going Pacers, Bucks, Pistons, Cavs, Bulls. Okay. So that's kind of chalk. On what you're seeing, um, Pacers, I think. I think Pacers, Bucks, no-brainer, 1-2. And then after that, it's uh, it, it's down to whatever you like. Um, and, and obviously, I like, really like, I like the Pistons. Yeah, so I'm going Pacers, Bucks, Pistons, Cavs, Bulls. All right, mine's pretty close. Uh, Pacers, 1. Uh, can't be talked off that ledge at this point. I, I just think they're the most complete team. Bucks, 2. Uh, they have the best player, but again, their bench is not very good. Three is the Pistons, who I think could make some noise. Um, they were my dark horse team. I like Drummond. I like Griffin. Uh, four is the Bulls, who I just think that they have a big-time youth movement. I think they're going to be playing hard uh, throughout the season, which is kind of laughable, right? Because they're like, yeah, they all should be playing hard, but that's not the way the NBA works. Um, and I, I just think they just have a lot to prove. And then my last team is the Cavs. Um, I, you know, I I get it. Kevin Love could go back to being the way he was in Minnesota, but he's going to be 30. Last time he was able to do that, he was 25. And if there's anything we know about players like Kevin Love, they, they break down, and he is breaking down, uh, so he'll probably get injured. I love the Sexton. I know the able body Sexton. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, I just don't view it like that. I think if Love goes down for any amount of time, I love the Bulls' youth way more than I like the Cavs. It's not even youth, really. The Cavs' younger, you know, veterans. Yeah. So I would go Cavs last, but Pacers, Bucks, Pistons, Bulls, Cavs, take it to the bank. All right. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up on you guys later. But I do want to mention, this is why Born Ready to Pod is a five-star podcast. We all have different rankings. Ooh. Everybody Ooh. has differing opinions, so no you one has the, the same one. one. No, I don't. Cavs. I have, I think, but we all have the same first two. So Pacers, Bucks, and then I'm going to switch it up on all you guys. I have the Bulls at third, Ooh. followed by Detroit and the Cavs. And to be honest, I had Detroit and the Cavs as a toss-up. I think they could go either way. But I'm picking the Bulls there because they're a young team. Not not everybody's expecting a lot out of them. Out of them. Obviously, they are you know a very light or very uh, very good chance of one of these players getting injured. So I'm going to probably eat my words here. But uh, they have a bunch of young talent. They have uh, you know they just got Jabari Parker. Still, I mean, he was a number two pick three years ago. So still. Really don't know what he can do because he hasn't stayed healthy, so that's probably why I'm going to be wrong. But I have them third because I like their youth. Um, and the Cavs and the Pistons, I just I don't like what they did this offseason. And I know the Pistons were pretty much set up for failure from the start because Van Gundy just pretty much Easy. you know, stuck it to him out the door. <laughs> Easy with that Blake Griffin trade, but I don't like what they did. And obviously, you lost LeBron James. That's just setting yourself up for failure. Um, but you could, I could see it going like you guys said. Any of those ways, you know, you could mix up those finals three, and it could go either anyway. But I'm just going to mix it up and put the Bulls at third because I don't like the Cavs or Pistons this year. Um, well, that wraps up, you know, our big preview there. But what I want to uh, get into a little bit more here, and this is bringing in all of divisions in the NBA into the 
into the question, not just the Central Division, but a big topic of discussion in the NBA has been about getting rid of the divisions. Um, so there's been talk, you know, about just doing a conference standings, forgetting the divisions because they're kind of pointless. It used to be where divisions, the winner of that would be automatic uh, home court advantage would be a top three seed, top four seed. Now it doesn't matter. So like the Heat won their division last year, but they were the sixth seed. Um, so divisions kind of are irrelevant now. And then you also have people talking about just doing a, you know, put merging the West and the East together and just doing one through 16. So what are you guys' thoughts on divisions? Do you think they're pointless? Um, what? Why do we still have divisions if they don't have any impact on, you know, the playoffs really? I have no idea. <laughs> I think the divisions themselves are absolutely pointless to me. Like I can't even remember a month, half the time. Like just, there's really no reason to have them. I like divisions only for the reason that to try and create rivalries. Yeah. I want to see. I know this is throwback, but I wanted to see Pistons Pacers back in the day four times a year rather than two times a year. Well, yeah, you cost us a championship. The Pistons cost us a championship. I'm sure you did want to see that. I. It was. I mean. I didn't hate it. <laughs> but I want to see those. And even when you think about it out west, some of the teams in those divisions out there, you want to see those marquee matchups four times a year rather than twice a year. So I, I like the divisions mostly for that reason. It allows you to have those rivalries a little more. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think without the divisions, I think it would actually kind of screw up the schedule, if that makes any sense. But in terms of like – if I give a you know flying right. flip about it, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I do think um, this is probably something super super duper small. But some of these teams like try to like sell the gear like Central Division champs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's and also a selling point. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, think about a team and it you know sucks, but like the Pacers, small market team. We haven't celebrated an Easter Conference championship right. since you know way back when with Reggie and the in the gang going to L.A. to you know try to win a championship. So literally, that's like one of the selling points. It's merchandise. Yeah. Um, so maybe the NBA, you know, kind of wants to keep that in there. That's a great point. I think that really the only way to really get rid of the divisions is if they take down and they've talked about this too is the number of games they play each year. So dropping that from 82 to whatever number it is, so then they could readjust how many times you play each team a year. I think that's really the only way they could do it. Or if they did the all-conference thing, which I just am absolutely not in favor of, I think that's just ridiculously stupid. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't. people always say the West is so much better, and I'm going to try to make the case here that it's really not. It's just got the two best teams. So, I mean, take the, that could switch in a year or two. Boston could be the best team in the NBA. And then who knows? Maybe the Pacers are number two. Like that could switch down the road. He's got know? the crazy eyes going. He's like, well, sure. and then you got to look. It's always the NBA has always been a power shift. Yeah. The, yeah. Michael Jordan in the '90s. You could say back then that the Eastern Conference was, you know, we should have merged it together because Michael was in the East winning all these titles. And then you know you had the Spurs in the 2000s, the Lakers. So the West is. I think the last. Since Michael Jordan, the last 20 years, whatever it's been, the West has dominated. But it literally could swing at any point. You can't just say, just due to the last you know, 15, 20 years, now we have to change it. Because who knows, 10 years from now, the Eastern Conference could be dominating. Yeah, and last year, the best team was Golden State, and then Houston, and then I think third best team, Boston, and then maybe fourth best team, the Pacers. 
in my opinion, and then fifth best team, the 76ers. I mean, the Pacers went 2-0 against the Warriors. The, we were just the, the, the big like beef about the divisions has been for playoff seeding, yeah. I think, and I could care less if they got rid of that, like seeding based on division winners. I think that I would be okay with doing away with. Well, would you just have the 16 best teams overall, no divisions don't even matter, make the playoffs? I think you need. I like the East West, so like keep, Chris said. You would keep the conferences, but you would Correct. just have sixteen. Uh, you would not keep the conferences. No, so you want to just, just do it one through best team. I've seen that be. I don't like that. I don't like that all. either. I don't but like. See, it. I think the best way is just keep it East and West, and I guess we're keeping the divisions for whatever reason for the rivalry aspect. Mer- merchandise. Yeah, merchandise. Well, yeah. You. I mean, unless you reduce the games, I don't really see any way. Reason to get rid of the divisions plus that merchandise factor, I guess. But we can all agree that they are at this point, especially since there's no home court, you know, advantage on the line. That they're pretty pointless nowadays. Something Hawk said earlier that interests me, like, and I'm not going to debate East West which one's better. I think we would say the West better, but like you said, it could change any second. But do you think it's kind of like just the different mentality that guys have? Like, seems like now everyone wants to go West, like. New York City used to be like, oh, hey, let's stay east. Let's get as close to New York as possible. Well, that's because New York's just a dumpster fire. No, no, I just mean like the city. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, like that's the city people want to go to. Now it seems like people want to go to like L.A. and stuff. And so like now it's like West Coast. I mean just like as close as you possibly can. Do you think that has anything to do with it? You're going to tell me, like just like LeBron, if there was super Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving, they just said they're not going to want to not go to like Miami. Yeah. People want to go to... I think those are destination well, that, places. Yeah. That, like, I think there's always going to be those destination places absolutely. like L.A., Miami. I agree. But no one's really going closer to, like, no one's really going, no one's going I think more east. of those no are No one's west. going east. I, think I mean, LeBron just went west. Yeah. Jimmy Butler wanted out. I mean, not saying he didn't get to pick where he went, but he's right. out of the east, you know, for now. Um, but I, I just, Kawhi. I don't know. I just thought about it. Yeah, Kawhi. There you go. Kawhi's coming to the East. So maybe maybe I'm just I, I don't, I'm just I don't spitballing. Know. I don't know. West is definitely better, but I'm just saying that they're just super top-heavy. That's why. I mean, right. Golden State was made, and then Houston was made to beat Golden State. Like, right. they're just, they're just, there's an arms race going on there. It, and, and Houston's not exactly, like, West in the United States. It's exactly. obviously West from where we are, but they're yeah. kind of smack dab in the middle. Who was the eighth seed last year? Was it the Pelicans or no? Pelicans. No, the Pelicans six. were six. It, it was, it was uh, wasn't Minnesota. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was Minnesota. So put Minnesota in the Eastern Conference last year. I mean, they're not getting in past the second round. Yeah. Not past the I second round, so. absolutely not. No. With a healthy Boston team and, you know. The Pacers. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth best team in the NBA last year. Speaking of Minnesota, final topic. We'll dive right into it. Jimmy Butler, you know, that news came out. I've just been sick of it. I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I love how mad Chris is about it. Because... Because he's mad he hasn't got traded yet. Well, let me go on. My, I'm going to go on my rant first. This guy comes to the owner and Thibodeau a week before training camp and says he wants traded. Who knows? I mean, we've read the rumors. He slept with Carl. Some cucking going yeah, on. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, whatever it is. It's probably not true. But he comes to the organization. He just doesn't want to play with these young guys anymore. A week before training camp, you're not going to tell me that, you know, he didn't feel this way two months ago. He comes a week before training camp, and we all give. Paul George shit, and yeah, we still give him shit because that was still shitty. Um, A week before training camp, and he once traded, and these media guys on Twitter, these NBA guys who are so smart, they're just like, you gotta trade him right now. You gotta do it. He's getting mad. You gotta trade him. And it's like, no! Like, I'm not, I just traded marketing, 
Chris Dunn, whoever else, Zach Levine, for Jimmy Butler one year ago, why would I give him up now for pennies on the dollar? Yeah. Why do it? That's just the way the NBA is. I feel like pairs are more powerful now than ever. Like with, yeah. the, with the demands, and it's dumb. I hate it too. Because it's going to go somewhere. I would make. I would make. I would make Jimmy wait till February if there was an offer. Then I would lose him in free agency before I made a stupid, stupid trade for him for like. Spiteful. I mean, if I he thinks Carl Anthony Towns is playing hard. He's going to hate Hassan Whiteside. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be. Bad. Yeah, and I read a tweet that said he's frustrated that how this is handled, and he just wants out. He's like, dude, if I was. The GM for the Timberwolves, your ass would be sitting on the couch until February. Yeah, I like mean, you got to get something for him. If he's literally you knew play two play months ago you didn't want to be here, and especially with the relationship that you feel like he had with Thibodeau and then all these other Bulls guys on the roster, you felt like he could have you know presented it at a better time than you know one week before training camp. And he goes, I'm not coming there. With that all being said, would you want him? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'd take, take him in a heart. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we'd have the money to pay him, too. As a yeah, just, we would. We don't um, necessarily want to get so him, and he's not going to resign. That leaves me, maybe. my rant's over. I was just annoyed. Prediction-wise, where does he go? I'm just going to say Miami, because I don't know. I haven't been watching at all. <laughs> this is my prediction. Dark Horse. Central. He's coming to the Central. Detroit Pistons. Oh, they are on the list. They have a pick. They will throw in, and they have pieces. They have young pieces. But as a fan, I think you the want te- him there for probably just a year, realistically? Do you think he would resign there? No, I don't think he would resign there. Yes, I would take him as a fan. Okay. You give up a pick for one year of Jimmy Butler when you won't. He's gonna. The team that we have now he's is going to screw someone's girl. Is born right? to finish ninth. <laughs> It, they, we were born to finish ninth, which in the East, which means like is Drummond pick because no, listen, that wife better be watching out because Jimmy Butler sliding into those DMs. He wants to go to Miami. Him and D Wade got a little history. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think he slid in the he Insta did. comments. He did. Oh wow. Yeah, he did. Gabrielle Union. He did said something like it was a heart. It was something weird. Oh, D Wade yeah. fired back real quick. real fast. It was like D Wade knew that maybe this if guy's you're Miami. Not the guy. and you're about to get Jimmy Butler. Do you just? Get rid of Dwayne Wade somehow? Well, this is his I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can. It is like Wade County. Their yeah. fans would literally like <laughs> yeah. burn the so place So that's down. probably the only reason why they, he might not go there. Is I'd send him to Charlotte. I would, I would just wait until somebody off because you know people are coming in right now. Like yeah. The Pacers probably came in and said Bogdanovich. Obviously the salaries won't work, but they'd be like, Bogdanovich for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, no, that's probably the offers they're getting. And people saying they're asking for too much. Well, well yeah, I'm going to ask for too much right off the bat. Like I'm not going to come in and say uh, Bogdanovich and TJ Leaf. I'm not. Um, my be way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would do that <laughs> in a heartbeat. But um, my actual prediction would be Miami again. It just seems the most logical destination. But I do think the more I think about it, what about a team like Portland? Would Ooh. you give up? Would you give? Okay, so like it's it. not working what they're doing. Obviously, they got to the three seed, but it, it, it it's not working. It's apparent they're not going to win a championship, right? Would you give up McCollum for him? That's what. That's where I'm going with this. Would you give up McCollum for him straight up? Yes. I mean, what else? You got nothing else to lose. You're not I don't winning. know that. I mean, you're not winning with two guards. I can see guards. him and Damian Lillard like hitting it off, and he resigned there just because there's another superstar. Maybe, maybe he grows accustomed to Portland. Maybe, he, maybe he smokes a little weed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. That would be more likely to resign there than Detroit. I'd say. So the Portland thing. Okay, just got Evan. Would you trade McCollum right now for Butler? You don't. You have no guarantees. He resigns. 
I think I would trade McCollum if I can also throw in a contract piece. Yes. So they got to eat a contract. Yes. I would do that. Chris? McCall? Because then it allows you to go two different ways. I would do it. I'd do it too. So, I mean, I think that's just something like out of the ordinary. I did see one. I did see one report of the Sacramento Kings trying to get involved, which is absolutely hilarious. Heck yeah. But I mean, what better place? Like, give me a second round pick. You take Jimmy Butler and, and his life. Man. Yeah, his life is a living hell, and that's if you really it. Really want to screw him over? Send him to Sacramento. Yeah, send him to Sacramento. So we gotta talk about Oladipo's movies he watches before bed. Every oh, you wanted to bring did you guys that see that? <laughs> he watches Shrek. Shrek 2, and I think it's Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. Every Mulan. night before death. Mulan. Mulan. Every night. There's no way that's true, right? No, he picks one, I think, and he watches okay. it right before. The way it was read to me was he watches all those movies. He takes no, like he watches a one. five-hour gap and watches Sometimes he switches it up, but he likes it because it's like... It reminds him of his childhood, and he was pe- at peace yeah. when he watched those. Well, they're all good movies. Yeah, Shrek is yeah, love. Shrek is love. I just thought he watched them all on the same night. No, would have been he insane. picks one, which is kind of weird. Like he's at a hotel, and he's like, "Yo, you guys got Shrek." <laughs> Shrek is love. Pop on Mulan. Shrek is love. You guys want to defeat some Huns? <laughs> I'm telling you. So yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going, going off the rails like I normally do. Pick one movie, you have to watch it right before bed for the rest of your life. One oh my movie. god. Just one. It'd probably be sh- Can I fall asleep during the movie? I think so. I think you can fall asleep during the movie. Shawshank Redemption, probably. Wow. Just something that's good grit. That's good one. It just gets me thinking, and you know. Yeah, probably. <sighs> Harry, Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2. Classic. Part 1 will put you to sleep, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, I this is absolutely no doubt in my mind for getting Sarah Marshall. Ooh, so you're a lighthearted comedy. Dude, a the jokes would comedy. get after a year. Like the jokes, <laughs> you'd hate the jokes. I'd you see a lot of funny movie. You see a lot of naked. Like, too. Like, dude, every just, time somebody made a reference of that movie to me in the, I'd fucking just. It would ruin. Just, it would just ruin. listen. Just lower the volume and just watch Mila Kunis. Okay, that works too. I guess Sarah Marshall. And you get the. Uh, the, What's the one opera he does? The one rock opera? With- it's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to do a lot of editing on this. <laughs> no, leave it all. No edited <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our Central Division preview, episode 18 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Uh, got a couple more episodes here coming before the start of the season. One of those go- is going to be our NBA preview. Going to be a big episode. Uh, hope you guys, and we're looking forward to it, so hope you guys are as well. Um, but that'll wrap things up here today, and I appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week for episode 19.